Pretty excited about this week's injury. I'm lucky enough to have on the podcast, Out of the Bubble, Dale Copley from the Titans. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Good to be here. Mate, let's have a chat about you and your life and what you're doing and where you're going. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want, and should know about health, fitness, nutrition, and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hydroxyburn Shred Ultra, nootropic thermogenic. Shred Ultra is scientifically engineered to shred body fat, ignite metabolism, and boost all-day energy while enhancing cognitive performance, focus, clarity, and mood. It combines powerful fat-burning thermogenics, Garcinia, green coffee bean, guarana, caffeine, and an industry-leading four grams of acetyl L-carnitine with potent nootropic ingredients at effective therapeutic doses to give you maximum results. Welcome to Body Science Headquarters, the world of fit, happy, and healthy. And today, really excited to have Dale Copley in the house, mate. Unlucky injury. Yeah, really unfortunate. I've had a torn pec before a couple of years ago, but uh, just the timing of this one was particularly unfortunate. You know, generally get back in about nine to 10 weeks nowadays. Just the timing of it was only six weeks left. Um, I think everyone can see the Titans are building something and have really improved, you know, in a really short period of time, the last six weeks. So that was the particularly disappointing part. Then you add the challenges of the bubble and everything that COVID's brought to NRL players' lives this year. Uh, it's been particularly frustrating. Uh, so probably been out of the bubble a week now just to get a bit of life back in and live like a normal human being for once. So yeah, really disappointing. It must be great to be playing with that team at the moment. They just look like they're loving their football. Yeah, I think you know since Justin took over in November, uh, he's just bought that. Everyone's really enjoyed coming to training, really enjoyed the improvement that we could see really early on and I know that didn't so much transfer to results straight away you know the first two games before the shutdown pretty disappointing were pretty comprehensively beaten but I think there was a feeling within the group that things were on the up and then we obviously broke had a little training period which was the best training period I'd had at the Titans for that three weeks again when games started we didn't probably didn't show much improvement on on the field but again everyone was feeling like we were making little changes little changes Uh, then we had a period where we played Melbourne, Penrith and the Roosters, all teams well inside the top four who are going to be there in a couple of weeks when the finals are really heating up. And Melbourne comprehensively beat us. Uh, they, they beat us pretty well at the sunny coast. And then we got a few guys back. I, I returned, Kevy Proctor returned, Arrow I think came back from an injury. We had a couple of guys come back for the Penrith game. They got us on the coast, but you know it was really improved and people started talking and it just felt like momentum was building. Played the Roosters the week after at the SCG. Probably unlucky not to win that game, but we you know went really close. They you know had a heap of ball and probably should have beat us by quite a bit more. But we just fought, fought and scrapped and and you know did really well to stay in that game. I think they kicked three penalty goals and that was the difference. And then I think the following week we played the Cowboys and, and won. And it felt like it was about a month or two building to yeah. that game. And then it's sort of just been you know slowly building since then. And then obviously three wins in a row. First time the Titans have done that in quite a while. So you know it's really really good to see the boys just you can tell they're loving it yeah, um, every time awesome. there's a try scored or, yep. or whatever everyone's jumping over each other so it's, it's really good to see yeah, you touched on something really exciting there and and, it, and it's the culture of winning how do elite athletes get taught that these days in club it's something i think you know from personal experience i think i think winning and losing on the opposite side is just a habit so I think to 
I don't think you can really teach winning as such, but you need to really install the habits, the the tiny little habits that no one sees. You need to build them one by one until winning becomes a habit. Yeah, and nice. then and then that momentum just builds, and it's like it's just sort of self self building. It just it just keeps going because your your habits are just so they just happen. They're automatic from that from that point, and then that's when you know fifteen years down the track, you end up with a Melbourne Storm like or a Roosters outfit that they just they just roll and they just keep rolling and rolling and they have to constantly build it but the the foundations are there because their habits are so good and i think that's the key to those teams that have long long-term success and do you think the success of a team and i was i was chatting to benny hannah this week he was talking about leadership and stuff and he's a really good guy in that area and he was just saying that it's a hundred percent the coach you know it's really easy to go oh the players aren't playing this isn't happening he goes no mate it's the coach and he looked at me and he goes if something goes wrong here greg do we blame the person sitting in that desk Sarah, we blame you. I said, well, it lands on me. And he goes, it's exactly the same. And I'd never thought about it that way. Yeah, it's certainly interesting analogy. I think I think a lot comes back to the the head of the snake, I suppose. And, that, and in a footy club, that's a coach. I certainly think it's a little bit more than that. that that's probably my personal opinion. I, I certainly think the leaders of the group have an influence over where the group goes, but that's all controlled by the coach. So I don't think it's 100% the coach, but the coach has, a, has the responsibility of guiding where the group goes. And then the senior players on top of that give a player's perspective and they, they help the coach keep the other players in line working towards the direction that the coach has set so yeah, not 100% but yeah it's certainly an extremely important job obviously clubs realise that because coaches are very quickly um, replaced these days much much quicker than, than players are so clubs obviously understand the importance there Do you think having a good coach is the difference between winning and losing or does it still come down to the people that run on the field? I'm not sure if it's a difference it's obviously a very important part of building a club. I think to a point it influences the result of any given weekend, but in terms of building success over a long period of time, I think it's it's vital. Number one piece that you have to have in place before you can build a club that, that's going to be successful over a long period of time. I think it gives the club stability. It, it helps everyone else underneath the coach perform their job better because from the recruitment staff, the recruitment guys know what type of player that the coach wants and what type of player will thrive under that coach. The assistant coaches obviously know the style that the coach wants to implement, so they're a second voice for the coach. The players have no no misunderstandings about what's accepted and what's not because the coach is very forthright in what, what's accepted and what the standards of that group are. And, and again, bringing back to the Roosters of Melbourne, two clubs that have had coaches in their position for a long period of time, and that provides a lot of stability for those positions such as recruiters, assistant coaches, players. It helps the whole organisation because they know where they're going, they know know what's accepted. So it makes a lot of people's job easier. And I don't think it's a coincidence that those two clubs have been successful for long periods of time because they've had coaches in there for a long time. And, you know, you look at the early Broncos where Wayne was the coach for 20 years, exactly the same. Long periods of success because they had that stability from the head head coaching position. You've played at a few clubs over your career before hitting the Titans recently. What are three things, and I'll just use three as an example, what's three things that you love from all the coaches you've had to build the ultimate coach when you talk about them as a leader? If you had three words to use, I know that's a tough one to put you on the spot yeah. with, but certainly taking, you know, Wayne Bennett and Trent Robinson are probably two of the three best coaches, put Craig in that, in that, that sort of company. But I 
I, I haven't played under him. So taking those two, I, I think Wayne's ability to manage the personalities of the group, it's pretty well documented that that's something he's really good at. His man management and his understanding of his players is as good as I've dealt with in my time. And his ability, so, so there's that, certainly uh, managing the different personalities within a group and within a group of 35 blokes aged 18 to 30 something, you can imagine <laughs> there's, yeah, and you can imagine the different types of personality. Yeah, you certainly got some egos in the group, but then you've got all sorts of guys in between that from the really shy guys to the, you know, really out there guys to everything in between on that spectrum. So yeah, that, that would be one is managing personalities of the group. Wayne had an unreal ability to inspire a group of men to achieve a common goal. He just had a way and it, it was never with a raised voice, uh, but he just had a way of inciting some emotion in, in players. And you, yeah, just sitting in the dressing room, you'd, you'd be ready to, ready to run through a brick wall, which was, you know, one of his best qualities, I think. And then moving on to Robbo, his attention to detail is second to none. I'm not sure of anyone that could be could be better in that area. He knows the game better than anyone I've ever worked with. Just from a technical point of view, he's outstanding. And I think, you know, Justin worked under him and I, he was there when I when I was at the Roosters. There's a lot of qualities that Justin has that he's more than likely learnt from Robbo. And so I think that holds the, the Titans in really good stead with some of those qualities. Yeah, nice. It's been really interesting to see what leadership's done for that club because we've been with the Titans for well, since year two. You know, so it's one of our long-term sponsorships that we or partnerships is what I should use. I hate that word sponsorship. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hydroxyburn Shred Ultra, nootropic thermogenic. Shred Ultra is scientifically engineered to shred body fat, ignite metabolism, and boost all-day energy while enhancing cognitive performance, focus, clarity, and mood. It combines powerful fat-burning thermogenics, Garcinia, green coffee bean, guarana, caffeine, and an industry-leading four grams of acetyl L-carnitine with potent nootropic ingredients at effective therapeutic doses to give you maximum results. Well, you put people probably don't know out there. Like Dale is third year law student. Yep. Yep. Third year law student. You're on the board of the Rugby League Players Association. So you're doing a lot more in rugby league and where you want to go. And we'll talk, we'll chat more about where you want to go with the law side of it in the future later on. But I'm, I just love your your theories on leadership and where it's all going and things that happen because I got told that you, you're quite an intelligent football <laughs> player, is, is, was the word that was said to me. On the field, you're on the field and obviously you've all got your, it's like going to work. You, we've, we've got our, our goal set, all the things we want to do. We've got our plan set. We've got our tactics in place. What's leadership on a field like compared to a coach? Obviously quite different. Coaches, everything that they do to influence a group is by what they say, essentially. Mm -hmm. Certainly captains have a very, very different role in that whilst the game's going back and forward and everyone's blowing and you're in the, the heat of the game, words are important, but there's not a lot of opportunity to get a lot said. So captains have to be, I suppose their actions need to be really strong and the timing of those actions can be really influential on a group. And I, th I think that's probably where leadership is best achieved from a captain. There, there are small moments where a few words here or there can, can be really beneficial, but I think the biggest thing is through their actions. Mm. Obviously, when you have a try scored against you or you score a try, there can be little moments there where a couple of choice words can be beneficial, but I think their overall contribution to what's going on is pretty small. It's more about, you know, coming up with a tackle, you know, that saves a try or making a run where everyone's buggered and you just need that. You need someone to come up with something. I think that's more, has more impact for a captain. And I suppose as the old saying is a captain's knock, that's certainly, certainly still really 
rings true, and I think will forever while rugby league's still going. Yeah, nice. So, mate, let's talk about life after footy. Going to finish that, obviously, out of the bubble. You can do a bit of study. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you got to go on your rehab? I'm in the sling for another three weeks, uh, and then we'll build the strength up over the uh, probably another six weeks after that, and I'll be fully healed, ready yep. to get into get into some contact and get rolling. So, yeah, still still a little while while away, but yeah, certainly gives me a bit of opportunity to study. Yeah. So, why'd you pick law? Actually, started with a pharmacy degree straight out of school. I sort of had the intention of going on to med school, but that was probably before I thought that rugby league would be a career path that was likely. And then when I worked out how slow I was studying, I thought <laughs> I get out. I'll get out of med school. I'll still I'll be fifty five. I'm mean, only just getting a degree. So there was that, and then also pharmacy had a lot of practical work in labs, uh, which were like three hour blocks, and trying to fit that into a into a week where trying to hold down a position in a professional footy club it was really difficult i was missing a lot of assessment so passing subjects was was really difficult and not because i didn't know the content just because i couldn't yeah, get to time, stuff yeah. so did my knee in 2013 and i thought no, this just isn't for me i don't know if it was co- coincidence but i was, I was watching the i was watching <laughs> awesome. and it was just it happened to coincide with the time i was sort of weighing up where i wanted to go yeah <laughs> i was like hey, i love that <laughs> this harvey specter lifestyle looks pretty good for yeah. me and i l- kind of looked into it the course was really I thought was really manageable with my time. Uh, a lot of it can be done online, obviously a lot of reading, but that can be done anywhere on a plane in a hotel room. So a lot of it suited from that sort of that outlook. But I think just the diversity in careers can sort of go anywhere with a law degree, whether that be you know down a business path or practicing laws. Plenty, plenty of people get law degrees and don't practice law, yep. which is crazy. I was, remember sitting in my first tutorial and the tutor said, hands up if you actually want to practice law. And I reckon, I reckon a third of the group put their hand up and I was like, why are these people studying law? Well, that just sounds silly to me. Yeah, that, that's the reality of it. A lot of people study law uh, and go off in different career paths, but it's a good foundation to have. Gives you a lot of options uh, when you get that degree. So yeah, that's how I ended up on law. Uh, I don't know if it's a coincidence that suits just happened to come into my life at that point, but yeah, I don't know if I'll end up a Harvey Specter, but yeah, no, I've enjoyed it so far. It's been good. Not a bad show actually. Yeah. So with, with that law degree, are you going to see yourself practicing law? Are you going to stay in sport? What, where, where do you want to go with that? I think I'll, I'll definitely practice. I think whenever footy finishes, I think I'll probably be ready just to have a bit of a break from from everything rugby league throws throws at you. At, at this stage, I'll probably I've got a little bit to go on my degree. So depending on when footy finishes, I'll probably have a little bit of study to finish off. Uh, I'll have to go to the bar and get admitted to be able to practice. So there's a, a little bit I've got to do before I'm able to practice. But yeah, at this stage, probably go and practice. Probably in the area of sport, probably, you know, given it such an interest of mine and I've been involved for a long time professionally, I think that's probably a natural career progression. And then down the track, if if rugby league calls and, you know, there's a career path there and something that really interests me, then I certainly wouldn't say no to that. It's been a big part of my life for a long time and something I love and really passionate about. So, but I but I think for the short term after I, I retire, I think I'll probably get out of rugby league formally and just, uh, you know, just get out for a while and experience the big bad world or however you want to call it just to get another another perspective and just a bit of life experience i suppose away from rugby league but yeah certainly wouldn't rule out a, a career in, in in rugby league whatever that may be so 
yeah, well, I guess we'll see see where that all takes me, but that's my intentions at, at this stage. Yeah, nice. Footy-wise, how are you going with your football? Are you enjoying your football? Yeah, I think certainly had a few tough years. Probably since I got to the Titans, that was, you know, the year Neil Neil and Jared had a bit of a blow-up and, and then a few really unsuccessful years. I think there were three bottom four finishes in a row. So, you know, that was really hard. I probably well, wouldn't say I fell out of love, but I, I certainly wasn't enjoying it. I don't think anyone at the Titans was really enjoy, yeah. enjoying their footy there for a while. I think this year has just been a shot in the arm for everyone at the club and I'm certainly no different to that. Being like that for everyone around it too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine. Been tough to watch and tough to be a supporter. Uh, but th- yeah, this year has been like unreal. Probably loving it now just as much as I ever have. So certainly grateful for Justin coming to the club and bringing that back for everyone, that real enjoyment because the reality was if if the club didn't turn things around, there might not have been a team on the Gold Coast, which would have been a travesty for, for rugby league in the area because it's such a such a rich rich rugby league area it's gone back over 100 years so it's important that there's a club here but the reality was there probably wasn't going to be if if the club didn't start having success so yeah it, it came at a really good time for a lot of people and yeah certainly i was a benefactor beneficiary of that mate what pushed you to the gold coast in the first place i wanted to get home closer to family obviously spent most of my early career at brisbane which is home and then went to sydney there for i think i was there 10 or 11 months and yeah just didn't enjoy that didn't enjoy the fast-paced lifestyle being away from family i think i before that i probably thought i could live on the other side of the world and see my family once a year and i'd be happy and that'd be fine uh but yeah i was obviously very young at that stage and i got a quick reality shot that that is not how i feel um and i do need to be close to the people i love so yeah i wanted to come home get closer to family again and the titans obviously provide an opportunity for that i lived on the coast for the first uh, bit over a year uh, and then i've been at the, back in brisbane for two years now and, and making the commute yeah just really important to be around people that people you love i think so it is important yeah you're hugely important how hard was is like people don't get how hard and i've seen some of the structure of the bubble because we deal with so many teams you the rules and the regulations and you know, we've had teams coming in that we couldn't even walk up into at the airport and go oh here's your compression garments you're left behind or whatever like gotta put them in a bag put them somewhere they're cleaning it down before they touch it how, how was that for you as a, as a player like some of the protocols are just like they blow your mind you know like obviously given what the world's going through at the moment a lot of them are necessary some of them are just a bit of a laugh yeah um like but when you get to the stadium you have to wipe the tops of your shoes with a disinfectant wipe like just <laughs> i don't know what that achieves i mean i'm not sure if the virus likes living on top of shoes or, or what but like yeah there's a few things that you just like yeah i don't know what the point of that is uh but there's a lot of box ticking that needs to be done obviously because we we're, we're a Requiring permission from government to cross borders, and we know how pedantic the government can be with some of that stuff. So you know, we have to do it all, but some of it's just like you just shake your head. But it's been an extremely tough year for players, particularly the players based in Queensland, because of the, the Queensland government's strict enforcement of their rules. So for probably the last, I'd say, six weeks, Queensland players can only leave their house to go to training or a game. Yeah, can't can't go down enough. to Woolies, can't drop their kids at school, can't take their kids to the park. Yeah, extremely extremely restricting uh, on everyone's life. So, yeah, the sacrifices the players are making all across the NRL, but the four, the three Queensland teams in Melbourne that are based in Queensland, they're, they're going be up above and beyond. And it's, yeah, just a crazy big sacrifice. It's been an extremely tough year for a lot of people, you know, and I, I'm, I 
suppose one of the lucky ones where I haven't had any ill family members, but there'd be no visiting family in hospital. Yeah, once you once you sort of break it down and understand what people are dealing with, and these are people, I think a lot of people forget sometimes. These are people well with, with families, you know, loved ones in their life that sometimes aren't healthy. And like there's so many so many scenarios and I'm sure across the NRL you've probably got instances of all those things happening so the sacrifice a players are make shouldn't be shouldn't be understated by anyone it's been a yeah extremely tough year and for the eight teams that only have two weeks left I think although finals is certainly something everyone wants to play in I think there will be a little part of them that have a sigh of relief that the season's finally over yeah. and the bubble can burst crazy man I, I, I loved speaking to people with passion it's obviously something you're really passionate about is that why you are a board member on the rugby league Play association yeah given sort of my area study i think it was probably a natural progression to get involved with that i feel a sense of responsibility to stick up for a lot of the players. i know a lot of the players i'm sending messages into our whatsapp group all the time and i could guarantee 80 percent of the players don't read them i don't really care which is fine i have no nothing against that but as a sort of older player i suppose but also a player that's educated in the area of law and sort of interested in a lot of that stuff i feel a real sense of responsibility to everyone to make sure that they're not treated unfairly or paid fairly. The conditions that we work under aren't unfair. We're not subject to undue risk regarding injury or, you know, the plethora of issues that rugby league players are faced with, you know, I feel a real responsibility to stick up for them. You know, that's certainly grown as I've got older. I haven't been involved in for that long, but I think it's allowed me to get a good understanding of what the players want, how much information they want, what they want information on, which is not a lot at times, but given like this year has been of a yeah so much contact with a lot of the players given the the shutdown what we're allowed to do the but the whole bubble situation is obviously well up until about six weeks ago it was constantly changing as to what we were allowed to do what we weren't allowed to do then there's there was the whole uh, restructuring of the pays there's negotiations ongoing around negotiations for next year so obviously players have a interest in that that's mm, something absolutely. they do want information on they're reading those ones <laughs> yeah yeah i feel feel a real responsibility to those younger guys that you know one probably don't care heat because of where they are there in their life and in their rugby league career but also the guys that um you know probably just don't know how to work through some of the situations players are faced with so yeah i've really enjoyed it it's been been an eye-opener some of the some of the negotiations can get heated but yeah i think when you understand each side has different different interests that they're trying to protect absolutely so yep. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's been a real eye-opener. So how did you get the invite? There was a couple of players. I think Jimmy Maloney was one of them that he went, obviously went overseas, so he couldn't uh, he couldn't remain on the board. Uh, that's one of the rules, I, th- I suppose. I'd sort of been involved as a like as a representative of the Titans for a, a couple of years and the old CEO, Ian Prendergast, and a couple of the managers that have a have a number of teams under their supervision, I suppose, for lack of a better word, used to give, just give me a call and ask my opinion on things i obviously have a have an opinion on most things um <laughs> which my wife hates but um yeah they used to ring me uh, ask for my opinion on things and those conversations over the last probably two or three years just increased in frequency and yeah so when jimmy decided to go overseas i was, I was asked yeah something i didn't really hesitate hesitate to say yes to obviously something i've enjoyed I, as i said i have an opinion on most things and and um yeah and feel a sense of responsibility so yeah it was an easy yes for me yeah, nice, mate. I think I should add on the end of this before we, we wrap up too. I was looking at your profile, the, the 
Titan Sand 3, you do a lot of community work. Yeah, is that I, something passion? Because, in, in, I mean, talking to you leading into like the Play Association, I could just see the passion. You know what I mean? Is obviously reading this on paper, you know, you've, you've won most of the Titans Awards for community work. Yeah, it makes for a bit of flattering reading that. <laughs> That's read well. But no, I think I was an absolute tragic fan as a kid. I, absolutely, I was Brisbane born and bred. Uh, sorry, not born, but. I was, I was raised in Brisbane up and as you can imagine, I absolutely love the Broncos. You know, that was the highlight of the week watching the Broncos game. So I just, I remember, I remember I would have been, I'm going to say nine or 10 and Dane Carlaw and Chris Walker came to my, uh, my junior club and it was like, it was the best thing ever. Yeah. It, was, it was, and I like, I can't get that memory out of my head. So whenever I'm asked to do a community visit, particularly with kids, just because I remember my eight year old, nine year old self and how much that would have meant to me, I'd, I always just say yes. I, especially if I'm free, I'm certainly going to say yes, just because it's just a great opportunity to put smiles on kids' faces. They absolutely love it. Don't care how well you've played on the weekend. I just remember myself as, as a kid, how much I would have loved it. So yeah, it's just it's an easy yes for me. But I suppose it's somewhat selfish. You walk away feeling good about yourself when you've when you've done that, which I think is important. I think rugby league it's a it's a hell of a roller coaster, the NRL, and it's so dependent on how you go on the weekend. So you know, getting a bit of perspective is certainly not a bad thing. Yeah, it's just a natural it's a natural mood lifter when you walk away from a group of kids that you've just been at a training session with them or you've you know spoken to them about a range of the programs that the NRL run, and you you walk away and have you know and that you've put smiles on their faces there's no bet no better feeling it just it naturally lifts your mood certainly something i encourage the younger players to do so yeah i suppose that's a little bit of a selfish way of looking at it but it certainly helps helps me as much as it helps the kids gives me as much joy as it does for them mate as they are someone who supports the titans you know both as my team and from a business perspective i just want to say thank you for what you've done you're one of the great people at that club like it's been awesome and it's really great to have you on board here today appreciate you coming i know how tough it is how the bubble the last thing i'll turn up for is a podcast Nah. Mate, I can't say thanks enough um, and thanks for coming on board. No worries. Thanks for having me. Done. Today's podcast was brought to you by our partners in Fit, Happy and Healthy, ASN, Nutrition Warehouse, DY Discount Vitamins, Fat Burners Only, Evelyn Fay, Mr. Supplement, or find a retailer online at bodyscience.com.au forward slash retailers.